We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Siope. I am one of the hosts here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited today because today we are going to be talking about effective consequences. Now, effective consequences is something that a lot of parents struggle with. It's a very difficult topic for many parents. At some stage of their child's development, they find that consequences do work, and then they later find out that those consequences no longer work, and things actually can go really haywire. So today we're going to talk about what makes effective consequences work. Now, there are three specific topics that I want to cover during this podcast to help you as a parent know what to do and how to effectively use consequences while you are working with your children. So first off, what I want to cover in this podcast is how to view consequences. What is your perception of consequences and why that perception needs to change and be altered. Now, the second thing I want to cover in this podcast is what makes effective consequences work. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but you as a parent can make them work every time if you are able to follow some simple steps. And then number three, why parents should balance out consequences with rewards. That is something that is essential. So a lot of parents think that, you know, consequences is the end game. And that is what is going to teach the child to have better behavior. When in reality, there is a balance of where you can be more effective. Sometimes consequences are effective. Sometimes they're not effective in order to bring about the change that you want as a parent. Now, this topic came about because of a conversation I had with a mother. I'm going to change her name and her daughter's name for their privacy, obviously. But during this conversation, we're going to call the mother Sarah and her daughter is Skylar, who's 14 years old. Now, Sarah was talking to me about the difficulty she had with her daughter, Skylar, who is having problems coming home before curfew in their home. So she has set a curfew for her daughter and her daughter always misses. And then when she tries to call her on her cell phone, her daughter doesn't pick up. Things end up being pretty haywire. Skylar will eventually come home. Sarah will be upset. She'll issue a consequence like you're grounded for a week. And the next day or two days later, Skylar's out hanging with her friends and again missing her curfew. So this cycle has been going on for a couple of months and Sarah is at her wit's end. She's tried various things in order to provide a consequence for this negative behavior of curfew. Now, there are other issues that are happening in the home in relation to things that Sarah wanted to fix, but in working with her, this was the main issue that she wanted to focus on initially. So we are just going to focus in on this specific issue of curfew. Now, when I was speaking with Sarah, one of the things that I wanted to focus on with her is her view of consequences. So I asked her, what do you think consequences do for you and for your child? Now, Sarah said something really interesting. She said, consequences are the things that we do so kids change their behavior. That is an incomplete thought because there is another side to it. Consequences are meant to teach, but oftentimes they don't teach. And sometimes they actually veer a child into a more negative space and a parent into a negative space, perceiving what is happening and what needs to change. So in my discussion with Sarah, how do you view consequences? She had it as consequences bring about change and more positivity, whereas consequences, effective negative consequences, 
will do that, but consequences tend to have a more negative connotation to them, which makes it more difficult for you to see the positive and move over to the positive. Now, one example I gave to Sarah is that we provide consequences in society. So if someone breaks the law, a consequence may be that they have to go to jail. Now, going to jail doesn't necessarily help them not break the law in the future. What it does is it gives them a consequence for now. However, are we really shaping and changing the behavior or actually helping them develop the skills that they need in order to make better decisions while they're sitting in jail? Not most of the time. It's important for parents to be able to negotiate that piece. That consequences, even though we look at them as ways to correct behaviors and bring about positive change, sometimes consequences are just consequences and they're not effective. So we have to balance that out. I had to work with Sarah in helping her understand that consequences in and of themselves are a way for us to intervene and it's an opportunity for us to help shape our child's behavior. But even then, a parent must evaluate, are these consequences going to really teach my child to change their behavior? Now, in discussing this with Sarah, Sarah said, absolutely, I think by, you know, giving her consequences, she will change her behavior to something more positive. And that's where I worked with her on the third part of what I want to cover in this podcast, which is why There should be a balance between consequences and rewards. But we'll talk about that later in the podcast. So we're going to focus in on the consequences piece and how I helped Sarah shape her ability to provide consequences for her child. So in talking to Sarah about this issue of curfew with Skylar, we focused in specifically on what consequences she was using. Now, she said that for her, she was going to ground her daughter and Unfortunately, that is something she was unable to keep up with or maintain. So that ended up being an issue. Now, that brings me to the second point of this podcast, which is what makes effective consequences work? So I went down the list. There are five things that make effective consequences work with children. Now, it's important for parents to know what these are and to be able to use them effectively when they're issuing consequences. So the first one is immediacy. How quickly does the consequence come after the behavior? Because the younger the child, the more it should be right after the negative behavior. You should give a consequence immediately for younger children. That way they connect my behavior brought about this outcome. Now for older children, you can delay that a little bit because they're able to make the connection. But for younger children, you want to keep the behavior close to the consequence. So the first one is immediacy. How immediate is the consequence? Now, Sarah said, I give it to her as soon as she comes home. I say, you're grounded. So it's an immediate. I said, that's wonderful. Okay, let's go on to the next number two, which is degree or size. Now I asked Sarah, okay, so you're grounding her. What is the degree or size of the grounding that you're doing for Skylar? And Sarah said, I am grounding her for a week every time that she's late. Now, in discussing this with her, I said, okay, now degree in size means how big of a consequence are you issuing for this infraction, for this issue? And we came to the conclusion that that degree or size was too big for missing one curfew. So we wanted to tailor it to fit it more in line with what exactly the behavior is. We wanted to make it match. So if she's going to be late 
for coming home from curfew, instead of grounding her for a week, we should just ground her from being able to go out earlier the next day and then just keep that confined to a more consistent time frame, but also to match. So it's more of the same degree. We don't want to go overboard. Now, a lot of parents do go overboard with their consequences, and the difficulty in that is maintaining that consequence. It's really hard for parents to maintain huge consequences. And the other part is, if you start off really big on your consequences, you have nowhere to go except bigger the next time. So you want to start off as small as possible, matching the behaviors, and then building up from there. So degree and size is the next one that we talked about. So Sarah agreed, okay, I will ground her and then we will do it for the next day. So she is grounded. She can't go out and hang out with her friends as early as she's allowed to. She'll have to wait and then she can go out. I said, okay, we're working down your consequences and let's see if this is going to continue to be effective while we go down these these five areas. So immediacy, she's giving it as soon as her child comes back, as soon as Skylar returns home. And then the degree in size, which is it's going to match. She's late one day, she's going to get time taken away the next day. Now, consistency. I had to ask Sarah, how consistent are you in following through with this? Now, Sarah stated, I am not consistent when it's a week grounding, but I can be consistent if it's the next day. And I said, oh, okay. Now she said, there are days that I am working late and I can't monitor and I'm not around. So I don't know if she would sneak away or even follow through with that. But, you know, and so we had to reevaluate that. Is it going to be consistent enough? Can she follow through with the consequence? Now, this is an issue that a lot of parents also have is that they're unable to be consistent with the consequence. If you are unable to be consistent with the consequence, the consequence will not work because the child needs consistency to hold them accountable to the behaviors and to the consequence. So you have to evaluate if we can do this. Sarah said, I can't be 100% consistent. I can be maybe 85% consistent. And I said, that's great, but let's see if we can up that. Maybe we can find a different way to be more consistent. So then we moved on to the next step. And remember, there's five. So there's immediacy, degree and size of the consequence, consistency, and now the importance. I had to ask Sarah, how important is this consequence to Skylar? If she is unable to go and hang out with her friends as early as she could, is that important to her? Now, Sarah said, yeah, it's important, but, you know, she'll probably find other things to do and it won't be that important to her. And so we had to discuss and say, okay, if it's not important to her, then the consequence will be less effective. We have to find something that means something to her. So we evaluated that and I asked her, what are some things that are of value to Skylar? And Sarah said her phone is something that is very, very important to her. I said, okay, well, if she can't hang out physically with her friends, is she on the phone with her friends? And Sarah said, yeah, she's on the phone with them and they're just talking and texting and whatever. And I said, well, okay, so that's not really, probably not an effective consequence because she's still getting a benefit, even though she's not physically there, she's emotionally there and she's still communicating with them as if she were there. So let's evaluate whether or not this is a good consequence to use for this specific behavior for Skylar. So then we move down to the fifth one, which is varied. And I said, okay, can you vary this? Because this will work for now and you need to find some additional things that you can add on when your child grows and things change 
or say that she's okay with it, you need to have something to replace it. So can you vary this consequence? And so Sarah said, yeah, I can extend the grounding for even longer. I said, okay, now will that teach your child to not be late? And so we had this discussion. We went through the list, the five things that make uh, effective consequences work, which are immediacy, degree in size, consistency, importance, and variation. Is it varied? And then we discussed, if we implement consequences based off of these, will this change your child's behavior to what you want? Now, that is the key question all parents should be asking when thinking about the consequences that they are giving to their children. Is this consequence really going to teach them what I want them to do? Not what I don't want them to do, but what I want them to do. So with Sarah, she wanted her daughter to come home before curfew, just a few minutes before curfew or on time. So, you know, after discussion with Sarah, Sarah said, I don't know if this is actually an effective consequence. So I said, okay, well, let's think of something else as we started to discuss more and more what might be more influential in helping to shape her behavior. So we actually came up with the thing that is important to Skylar, which is her phone. And we decided that the best way to approach this is to use a consequence in relation to her usage of her phone. So I asked Sarah some additional follow-up questions, and she already had a program on her phone to monitor her child's behaviors. And the app or the program is called Bark. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with Bark, it's an app a parent can have to monitor their child's online activity on their phone. And they can actually do a lot of things on there. They can view where the child has been, communications that are happening. They can also turn off access to certain things and block certain websites. So Bark is a great thing for parents to be able to monitor their children who are online. So she already has this. She's paying about $15 US for a monthly subscription of it. And she uses it in order to be sure her child is safe online. So I said, that's wonderful. Well, let's use that as a consequence and let's see how well that works. And so we went through the five areas, immediacy. Yeah, she can, she can access her phone and limit what's going on whenever she wants. So immediacy is taken care of. Degree and size. Yeah, she can actually choose what things to, to limit on her child's phone if she does not follow through with the rules. Uh, consistency. Yes, Sarah said, I can be consistent with that because I have my phone and I am checking it anyway, so I can just follow through and be sure that everything is in line and everything's in order, especially if she breaks curfew, I can make adjustments as needed. Number four, is it important to the child? Yes, Skylar loves her phone and loves communicating. And then does it vary? And so in talking to Sarah, she said, yes, I can actually be more creative in this because I can control a lot more than just a small portion of time. I can actually block certain messaging apps. I can limit her access to the internet. There are variations in what she can do to manage the behavior. So I talked to Sarah and said, okay, let's use that as the consequence. Because if we are to use this as an effective consequence, that it meets all of five of those criteria that makes effective consequences work. And it also is something that you can manage and that you can do and that is important to your child. And let's see, does this help her know that she needs to be home before curfew? 
And Sarah said, I absolutely think this is going to work because I feel like this is something that she's going to respond to. And it's something I can manage without really getting angry or upset if we just lay down the rules. She's late from coming home. This is going to happen and it'll happen immediately. So she's aware. So Sarah said, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Now, before Sarah left, that's where I had to sit her down and really have a good discussion with her about consequences. So this brings me to the third area that I wanted to cover in this podcast, which is why parents should balance out consequences and rewards. Now, consequences, as I mentioned before, are limited. And often parents feel that consequences are the thing that are going to change their child's behavior. However, consequences come with a lot of baggage. It's very negative. It can be negative in many ways for uh, interaction with a child. It can damage a relationship. And so we want to balance that out with rewards. And the reason that I like parents to balance that out is if we can get a child to behave in the way that they should or that they should follow rules according to rewards, there is benefit there and there is synergy there with the child and the parent. When a child earns a reward from a parent, there is this connecting bond that is happening during that interaction where both parties are celebrating. The child is happy, the parent is happy. It's like, hey, you did this, and I'm happy to reward you for this. So let's make this a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you can see that by creating that environment, it's a very different way of changing the child's behavior, which can be more effective than simply giving your child consequences. So I sat down with Sarah and we had this discussion, okay? We've come up with consequences that are going to work with your child. However, what are some rewards if she does come home for curfew? What are some rewards that she can work towards in order to change her behavior? Because we want to teach our children to focus in on the positive things that they can gain by following through with the rules. So in discussing this with Sarah, I said, you know, one of the beautiful things about effective consequences is that the same five elements that make consequences effective are the same elements that make rewards effective. Yep, you heard that right. The five things that make effective consequences work, immediacy, degree and size, consistency, importance, and variation are the exact same five elements that you need for effective rewards to work. So effective rewards need to be immediate. They need to be the right degree in size. They need to be consistent. They need to be important and they need to vary. So you actually can flip what the consequences are and move it towards a more positive area simply by reversing what we just did with the consequences. And I know that sounds so interesting to a lot of people because they're like, wait a minute, I was in one mindset and now I'm going to be in a different mindset. And that's exactly what I'm telling you that you need to do. As a parent, you should be evaluating those consequences and rewards. So with Sarah, we did a walkthrough. I said, okay, if your daughter does follow through with coming home on time for curfew, what is an immediate reward? And she said, you know, I can give her more screen time to play video games that she likes on her phone. Now, okay, uh, degree in size. And so we came up with, she'll have an additional 15 minutes to play. 
Uh, consistency, I can do that right away. Importance, well, yeah, she's motivated by playing games with her friends. And then a variation, yeah, I can increase that. If she consistently does it over time, I can increase the time. And I said, okay, now when you present this to your child, I want you to present both sides. I want you to say, here's the consequence for not coming home, but here are the rewards if you do come home. Can you see the dynamic that we are creating by balancing these out with consequences and rewards? Sarah was like, my mind is blown. That totally makes sense. And I asked Sarah, "Who? where do you think your child is going to focus? Is your child going to focus in on all the negative things that are going to happen if she's late? Or is she going to be like, oh my gosh, I can earn a lot more time. I can get a lot more if I do this and follow through with it. And children will more likely focus in on what they can gain and what they can earn. So with Sarah, this was what I asked her to do. I wanted her to present both sides, the consequences and rewards, and let her child know that she has options and choices. I really want parents to take into account that when you present this to children, it really does open up opportunities for connection in many ways. It sets some very firm boundaries about what's going to happen if negative things happen, but it also opens up this area where positive interaction can happen, where children can make choices and they can understand that, hey, there's a good and a bad that will come out of my choices, and an opportunity for a parent to connect with the child by saying, you know, you've earned this. I'm so proud of you. You should be very proud of yourself and the work that you've done. And here you go. I'm happy for you. There is a synergy that happens when parents are able to have that type of interaction. So parents should be focusing on both effective consequences and effective rewards. And remember, if you can memorize those five elements, immediacy, degree and size, consistency, importance, and variation, if you can memorize those four effective consequences, just remember it's the flip for effective rewards. It's exactly the same for effective rewards. So they can balance those out. Sarah is going in to speak with Skylar now having two very distinct plans, one that is focused in on what's going to happen if Skylar makes a negative choice and what is going to happen if Skylar makes positive choices. And she's going to allow her child to make some choices, which is fantastic. And that's exactly what we want to do. Now, if you want to learn more about effective consequences, I highly suggest you jump over to the Smarter Parenting website. There is a lesson there, a video lesson that will walk you through this and guide you through what it is and explain it more in depth. There's also printouts there that you can print out and use with your child and it, it'll help you. So jump over to the Smarter Parenting website, check out that resource. The video itself is not very long. I think it's about six, seven minutes long, but it'll walk you through this whole process. All right. I'm hoping that you as parents are looking at ways that you can engage with your children in positive and also constructive ways that set up good boundaries, but also allow your children opportunities to grow. That's it for me, and I will talk to you again next time. Have a great day. 